First of all, I want to say, you know, believe it or not, there was a time when the term blogger wasn't part of our vocabulary. Story goes that Ev uh, coined the term as he was pioneering a new era in web publishing. And his co-creation, Blogger, is credited for the proliferation of blogs and bloggers that we see today. Not only did he strike lightning once, but he did it twice when he co-founded Twitter with Jack Dorsey and Biz Stone. Now he's set to revolutionize the web publishing industry once again with Medium. We're very excited to welcome Ev on the heels of that announcement. But first of all, let's give a warm welcome to Ev Williams. Great. First of all, I actually want to ask you, is, is the story true? Did you actually coin the term blogger? It's hard to say. <laughs> um, I, the term blog is credited to Peter Merholtz, right. a, a friend of mine. And it was sort of a joke when he said, it's, it's like, instead of calling them web blogs, we should say we blog. And then um, I thought Blogger would be a good product name. Uh, and it wasn't really applied to people who blog, because mm -hmm. that wasn't a common term yet. Uh, so in a sense, there, there wasn't usage of the term Blogger, but my, use, uh, my definition of it was just our product. And then it became to me the generic word of someone who blogs, which made the product have a less distinctive brand name. But um, it's a complicated story. So it all worked out. But how does it feel to be part of something that kind of is now the lexicon of uh, the internet world? It's, uh, you know, it feels like it was just kind of being part of a movement, being part of the right place at the right time. So I don't, I don't pat myself on the back too, too often about that. <laughs> how often? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but... You know, with Blogger, you helped usher in this new era of web publishing, and you're almost poised to do that again with uh, Medium. And I kind of wanted to know why go back to web publishing after Blogger and Twitter, and what is the specific problem that you guys are trying to address here, and, and how is that different from those other projects? Um, we started Medium basically because I couldn't stop thinking about web publishing, and I, when we started Obvious, that wasn't necessarily the plan. We, we toyed with a bunch of different ideas. Um, we have a few different projects, but I just couldn't get out of my head some of the stuff that I had been thinking about for literally over a decade. Um, there are ideas in Blogger that, I, that we actually built and prototyped in Blogger in around 2000 that I've never seen come to fruition. Um, it's possibly possible those were bad ideas, and that's why. Um, but it was the combination of, of ideas from way back then and everything we've learned in the last decade, as well as the new capabilities in the, of our technology infrastructure and the state of media today that all pointed in this direction of there's, there's a next thing. This isn't done. Um, and there's not... There, isn't one specific problem we're trying to solve with Medium. It's actually a bunch of different stuff, which makes it a pretty ambitious but complicated project. And what we've released so far, we, we sort of forced ourselves to push something out the door because it's the type of project that you could sit forever in and just iterate and 
never complete and it'd be overly complex. Um, but to give you a sense of the, the type of stuff we're trying to address, um, one is, is we think that there needs to be a feedback mechanism that helps um, content get better. Um, we've done a lot over the last decade or more, and we being the internet, the, those people who make the internet, uh, and to lower the bar to, to media and content creation. And uh, that's really what we are focused on with Blogger and with Twitter, is make it very, very easy for anyone to have a voice and put it out there in the world. And to me, that's, um, that is a profound thing and generally a really good thing. It was, it was one of the big promises of the internet is that anyone could have a voice. And um, that's tremendously profound. But I think there's a lot more that the internet can do to help make people smarter, to help um, improve the, the quality, where people put their attention, to help improve um, the, uh, to, in today's world, because it's so easy to have a voice and because distribution of content is so cheap, Obviously, everyone's dealing with a deluge of too much stuff. So we have to start addressing how do we make that stuff better, and how do we pay attention to the right things, because we're never going to see mm -hmm. everything. Um, so those are just a couple of the issues we want to address. Uh, other issues we want to address are um, the fact that, personally, I, I get frustrated that it's hard to collaborate with other people when it comes to blogging or creating other types of content. And social media in general, is mostly focused on the individual. And how can I be smart or clever or, or funny and get attention on my own? But most of the best things in the world that have been created, media or otherwise, are always the works of more than one person. And while it's great that you can be your own author, editor, publisher, all in one on the web, it's not great, in my opinion, that you have to be uh, unless you want to build a whole organization or join a, an organization. And the, the internet is fantastic at bringing people together to do things that they couldn't do on their own. And you see examples of that in, say, open source software or Wikipedia. But why don't we see that in other types of content um, and other types of intellectual creations? It, I think it's highly doable. It's just we haven't built the mechanisms to do it. Um, so that's some of the thinking. But there's more kind of far out ideas around uh, medium, and we're just scratching the surface. So it'll be a journey. What are some of those uh, far-off ideas? <laughs> we're we're going to leave some of them as surprises. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And, and in terms of uh, the content, how do you guys see medium actually kind of revolutionizing and change the very fabric of the state of uh, media creation and content? Well. I don't want to set too high expectations, um, but the, like I said, the, the goal is to have something where quality thrives, not just quantity. And we believe quality can come from anyone. The goal explicitly is not to create yet another place where everyone creates stuff and where the bar is very, very low, uh, but people get this positive feedback loop to personal expression or um, and, and therefore, it gets very popular because lots of people create stuff. It's really to um, let 
important ideas shine to help, I mean, personally, uh, my frustration with the state of media today is just uh, the level of, of discourse in society um, is hugely affected by media, and it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Um, and you can look at the, our um, current presidential race and just say, why is, you know, it's, it's infuriating if you actually care about issues and want to, want to have intelligent conversations. That's possible online now uh, more easily than it ever was before, but it's not the default. And um, as well as just in, on lighter issues, the fact that um, the internet is undermining traditional economic models that, that paid um, thinkers and designers and quality content creators, um, I don't think that means that there aren't new economic models that the internet can support that um, help get those people paid. And so, you know, the way things are heading towards shallower and shallower content um, is partially because of the metrics we pay attention to and the feedback mechanisms that we have today. So if, you, if what you pay attention to is page views and unique visitors, which is what uh, those of us on the web have paid attention to since the beginning, because that's what we got from our stats programs, then you're going to, going to learn, spend less time uh, creating a page, um, you know, write a headline that gets as many people to that page as possible, and then put a whole bunch of links on that page that takes them to another page whether or not they've read it or not, because that's not a metric you pay attention to. Or whether they thought it was good or not is not a metric you pay attention to. Uh, so one of the things we're trying to do is like, let's pay attention to different metrics. Um, not everybody will care about those metrics if they're purely commercial driven and what they're making money from is page views. Uh, but let's change the dynamics so um, there are other other things to get better at and improve at. And so um, there, was, there was one other thing about um, also helping the best. So we still, when I say the goal of Medium is not to have everybody in the world creating content, it's also a goal to be completely open to let, letting anyone do it and to let the best ideas rise to the top and get, and the web and the internet enables this more than it ever did before. I mean, it's fairly friction-free. If someone has a phenomenal idea and, and um, is able to articulate it, it can get attention on the web, certainly much more easily than in a traditional media world. But it's still quite a bit of work. A lot of attention is still based off popularity rather than, than quality. It's still based on sensationalism. We want to create a system where it's a little bit more um, based on quality, and everybody has a chance, and it very efficiently spreads the good stuff. And, and how do you, what is the mechanism by which you create that? How do you make sure that that quality content rises to the top? Well, one, one way, just the, so to talk more concretely about how mediums organize and how it works, um, the, you can see a little bit of this today, but, but it's, um, just a, a sliver. I mean, the idea that instead of going and creating your own blog, there's we want to give people a context in which to write or create or share what what they want. And um, 
that context is shared. And it could be their own space on Medium, but I think it's more powerful if it's, well, this is where we talk about this particular political issue, and if you have something, and the people who pay, care to pay attention to that are all tuned in there, then that's where you want to be. You want to, and there, there's a seat open at the table for anyone who wants to contribute, and um, it'll get more complex over time, but the, 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 there's like a voting type mechanism. There's, there's metrics we pay attention to that aren't immediately obvious from on the surface, but we pay attention to whether um, it looks like a post was read, not just whether there's a page view. Um, and then we'll, we, we use that to say, you know, we have this little score, which is pretty primitive right now, but, but it's a relative score. It's kind of like um, we think of it as our equivalent to PageRank. Um, so Google looks at a million different factors to figure out, is this a high-quality page for this type of term? We kind of try to do the same thing within our system. And then the more um, positive reaction to it is the higher it moves up and the more people will see it. Uh, and there's, there's, for people writing on the system today, it's been a little bit surprising because um, as they've gotten more page views on their posts, some of them have gone down. And, and we're used to just more page views is good, but right. actually a fewer percentage of people read it or said it was good um, in relation to the other stuff, which is always um, very important because it is attention is a zero-sum game to some extent. Um, and so if fewer people who checked this out thought it was good than the people who checked out this other thing in the same category, then your thing should go down. It's not just you get more page views over time, that's great. It's actually a better use of people's time to spend it over on this other thing, then that's what we want to show people. Does that make sense? Right. <laughs> so it's not necessarily the page views, but it's, is it more time spent on the page, more? What is the exacting metric here that we're talking about? The most significant one is whether people click the little green button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's simple. <laughs> yeah, and we don't... It's, it's sort of a funny mechanism um, that's still a bit of ex experimental, but we didn't want to just create a like or a fave or a thumbs mm -hmm. up, but it's that same type of thing, right. but it's specific to the context it's in, mm -hmm. and it's a little bit fun, but it's, it's also relevant to that these little green buttons, the, the, the likes essentially, are custom to the collection, so there's a collection that's like, look what I made, and the little green button says, nice work instead of, I like this. Um, which is just, it, in, in other cases, like there's a, the opinion piece, and it says, good point. Um, but they all mean the same thing. They mean, it's good. Good job. <laughs> good job, everyone. Yeah. Um, very good. And in terms of that, in terms of these collections, is there a paradigm shift? Because I've read some things online that say that it's putting kind of the authorship kind of secondary to the actual content. It's Isn't true. That, is that a fair? It's um, yeah, maybe not to the extent that some people have uh, assumed. Because one one of the reasons people have thought that now is because we don't really have we don't have profile pages, and we just link to people's Twitter profiles because we use Twitter authentication. We will have profile pages. Um, and because I think that'll just be cool. To, one of the ideas that makes it work that I'm 
contributing to all these different collections, not just my own thing, is that it's all pulled together on one page. So I, have, I can still have that view of everything. Um, however, we are, the main navigation and um, discovery mechanism we expect to be through collections, which are content-driven rather than through people. And that's, uh, I think, very important because, I mean, one of the top-rated posts in the IMHO collections on Medium is my rant on the term social media. <laughs> and uh, Medium is specifically not social media, uh, by my definition, because I think what happens with social media, which is fine, has lots of great uses, but what I want to pay attention to, I don't want to be primarily driven by my relationships. Certainly not by who I went to school with and where I grew up. Um, and of course, we built Twitter that way. Twitter is not a social network primarily. It's an information network, and, you, and it was designed so you could tune into who you want to pay attention to, whether you know them or not. Um, but the, the, the routing of information is still determined by people. And this is um, going more toward the information. So it's, it's relevant. Author is relevant. Um, if you're reading an opinion piece, who said it is very relevant. If you're reading how to, does this person know what they're talking about? All that's super important context to any type of information. But what we're doing that's a little different is, is trying to make that not be the determining factor about what you pay attention to. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and, and kind of to go on that, one of the things I also kind of read um, is that someone had described it as Tumblr meets Pinterest. And do you think that's a fair description or an apt description? I think the Pinterest part is confusing. Um, <laughs> I mean, it reveals a very, very superficial view of it because I think the only thing is Pinterest-like is that it's laid out in a grid. Right. Um, <laughs> and I can't think no, of No recipes else. or anything, right? <laughs> yeah. There might be recipes, but um, I mean, it will all be, it's not for aggregating stuff on the web. It's obviously not only for images, um, and it's not, and the collections even, maybe they thought this from the collections because there are kind of topics on Pinterest, um, but in Medium, for the most part, they're, they're shared, and they're not, you know, like Pinterest boards. But I, I'm guessing it's mostly the grid thing that's throwing people off. Right, right, right. I think, I think it's, it's that want to kind of come up with, like, the pitch line. You know? Yeah, people, yeah, they need to put it in a... In, in contents of what yeah. already exists. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, my last question on, on Medium is, and I think you've already touched on it a little bit, but, you know, I think every once in a while there does come this new format that says, yeah, we're going to change the way you publish on the web. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's ultimately going to set Medium apart from all of those other promises? <laughs> um, well, I, it, it's hard to say that generally. I mean, our goal is to make right. Medium have the absolute best quality content in the world about almost anything. And uh, so ultimately, if we achieve that, you'll want to publish on Medium. That from, from the creator's point of view, it will be, that's where I want to be, because that's where important stuff is. Mm -hmm. Or 
And if we achieve that, that's where the audience will be. Uh, so it's, it's, it will have network effects eventually. But in the short term, we obviously don't have that. But the vast majority of um, page views on Medium right now are coming from Twitter and Facebook and Hacker News and um, the things that the early adopters use. And the reason to publish on Medium today, um, the primary reasons are um, the it's a clean, well-lit, nice interface to create, put, put up stuff that looks good. Right. Um, and that is not the full promise, but it's pretty, pretty good. It's better, I think, than... Like, we've put a lot of thought into the editor, which most people haven't seen, but um, it's totally WYSIWYG, it's totally uncomplicated, and um, it doesn't have a toolbar. You write on the page. It has a very minimal toolbar. You, get, you can format stuff just as much as you need to, but we don't overwhelm you with three stacks of buttons. You don't have much control, as you do on you know, in Microsoft Word or um, Blogger, for that matter, but you, because you can't change fonts and you can't change font color, and all you can do is bold, italicize, make um, two levels of subheads, link, and block quote. That's it. And everything else comes from the template, and you have no control of that, but that means everything looks good, and you don't have to think about that while you're writing. And so I find I like to write in there better than anywhere else because Choices everywhere else either pretty much has is plain text, um, which works if things are fairly short, but I get frustrated with as soon as I want to make a link or I want to create a subhead or I want to, and the longer it gets, the more structure I kind of want to put in it. Or you can do everything and then I get totally consumed in what should be the, the height between the, the paragraphs and, you know. Um, and so Medium, I can't do any of these, those things, so I write better and I write faster. And then my, the result is a page that looks good. That's one thing. It's just the quality of the tools and that experience. The other most important thing right now is, again, context. It gives What I'm hearing from a lot of people, whether they have blogs or not, is um, if uh, there's a lot of people out there in the world who have things to say. Um, but they do not have the desire or the time to um, sustain a blog. And um, what they have to say is too long for Twitter and their Facebook friends aren't the right audience. So just filling that void, I think, is a pretty significant thing. And um, a lot of people, even who have blogs, are, are giving us feedback that they like a lot because they're writing things that they wouldn't have blogged because their blog has a particular context and particular audience that doesn't this thing doesn't fit in. And so we we both so they they might bring something to Medium that they want to share and then find the right context. Or what's happening a lot right now because Medium's not very broad yet is these collections are prompting them to share something and it's um, people who will only show up if they care about that thing. And so people are telling a story that they would have never written on their blog because that's the place for that type of story. Um, so 
that's, I think, pretty, pretty powerful, and it will extend in a lot of different directions. And, and finally, when do we all get a crack at it? When do we all get to taste medium and, and use it and, and create good content? Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, I, folks. I really tried. <laughs> we don't have specific dates, but I'll tell you how we're rolling it out is basically um, it, the, what we, what we want to do is as rapidly as possible roll out, out the, the creation tools, but it's more... We don't want to do it prematurely. And from a product design perspective, what I'm really wary of is just doing, like starting, you know, when you're in this mode in the very beginning and you're making a lot of choices that um, are, are, have very long-lasting effects. Mm -hmm. And so as you're getting more data and, and getting more feel for the product and learning what it wants to be, you want to be really thoughtful about those choices because a difference of one or two degrees in your trajectory puts you in a very different place down the road. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of consciously going slower than we could um, because it's not just a matter of scaling. My engineering team is amazing, and we have this very solid technical foundation, and... and um, <coughs> We could open it up to a lot more people, but we the the further the faster we do that, the harder it is to change what it is. Um, and we've already made some decisions since opening it up to the few we have so far, and and not because of what they've told us, but just about what we've learned as we've seen more content poured into it. And then we're like, aha, we need to shift this direction. And um, so so that's why we're being slow about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and just to kind of go back in time, thank you for giving us kind of like the insider view sure. of uh, Medium. I know everyone No one knows really... any of that. <laughs> you guys are the first. Yeah. Hey, aren't you glad you came? This is actually... <laughs> but I, and again, I want to keep expectations low. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we only have high expectations. Right. Uh, but I, I kind of want to go back in time and, and kind of pick your brain on uh, some of your experiences at as a co-founder and an entrepreneur. I mean, you've been involved with creation of many projects, uh, Blogger, Twitter, now Medium. Uh, you've had successes and, and failures. And I kind of want to know, for yourself, how do you deal with like having differing visions of a product uh, with your co-founders mm -hmm. and, and what some of those may have been and how you've kind mm -hmm. of dealt with that? Hmm. Um. Well, there's definitely been a lot of occasions when we've had different, differing visions, and that's usually a good thing. Um, and the, when it goes well is when you're, you're, that turns into a healthy debate. And um, I've fortunately been uh, CEO of all the companies I've co-founded, so that's, that's how it works. <laughs> <Like, laughs> uh, that allows you final say. Yeah. yeah. It's not, I've never had a situation where we had such differing visions that, mm -hmm. that it's really a problem. But um, in the beginning of a product, it is, you just don't know necessarily what it is. Mm -hmm. And there was a time during Blogger's early phase, say in 2000, uh, Blogger was about a year old and we were totally out of money. Mm -hmm. And 
at first, Blogger was a side project mm -hmm. for Pyra, and our project management type thing was really my baby, and I'd been thinking about it for years, and it was this much more complex thing. And Blogger was a thing that was my idea, but I wasn't as committed to, actually, mm -hmm. as my co-founders. And we were trying to do both things, and we were like four people, and that was pretty silly. And after we had launched Blogger and it was starting to get some momentum, they kept saying, we, we should really just do this. And I was like, ah, but I don't want to give up this, and maybe we can do both. And, and they were pretty strongly saying, no, this is the thing. And obviously they were right, and eventually I came around. But then, um, and that was in sort of mid-2000, and then later in the year, we were totally running out of money. Uh, it's hard to fathom now, but at the time when a lot of uh, internet, consumer internet companies were running out of money, they're like, how do we get money if the funding wells dried up? Um, let's go to corporations and let's sell our product we had built for consumers to corporations. And we had had a bunch of inquiries about putting Blogger inside the firewall. And so there's there was a project to, to develop what we called Enterprise Blogger. Mm -hmm. And um, then there's another argument among the, amongst the team about just totally pivoting, which wasn't a word we used at the time, but <laughs> um, totally focusing on the enterprise. And in that case, by that, by that time, I had come around to Blogger, and I had really gotten um, fallen in love with the idea of this of the vision of democratizing information, really fulfilling that promise of the internet that anyone can have a voice and anyone can publish. And while I saw a business, and actually it could be a cool product inside the enterprise, like there's no way we can do both. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, then we're giving up on this much more important thing we could mm -hmm. do. So even, even if the company dies trying to do the important thing, I'd rather do that than do this other thing to keep the company alive. Right. Um, and that kind of did break up, break up the company. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes you just have to go with what you think is right. Right, right. Is, it, is that always like a hard call when you have to make that decision? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the tough thing about being a founder or a leader, of course, is, is making calls based on, incomplete information. Um, and I've tried to get better at that over the years because it's, it's really hard when you really don't know. Um, and it's always easier in retrospect to say, I totally knew that was the way to go. But no. I had an inkling that was the way to go. Uh, and you, know, you have to make a call. And so it's, uh, there have been, there's, of course, examples during Twitter Another, an example with Twitter, not necessarily with my co-founders, but um, going against the team mm -hmm. is, is something that for when we design retweet, mm -hmm. uh, the, most people totally disagreed with mm -hmm. what we ended up doing. And I adamantly fought to do what we did. And, um, because, and it was based on this understanding of where we wanted to go, mm -hmm. the trajectory that we wanted to go down. And at the time, some people were, were retweeting, of course, mm -hmm. through third-party apps and manually with the RT, the, what we call the old-school retweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I thought that's not the way it should work. Because a tweet should be this cohesive unit, and it should travel with the avatar and the author of mm -hmm. the person who originally said it. Mm 
And, um, and so we started designing that, and people internally, it was like, I, we call it the strangers in my timeline problem. I was like, I hate, who are these people showing up in my timeline? I, I don't know this person, and it's frightening me. Um, and, <laughs> I, and it sounds strange now, but, but the re, and so I insisted that it had to travel like that and be by the original author with just their picture because it was their thought. And the purpose of Twitter wasn't to hang out with your friends. There were other places to hang out with your friends. The purpose of Twitter was to uh, find out about the information you most wanted to know. And the retweet mechanism was a way to more efficiently have the good stuff flow through the system. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to track that. And we wanted to do these, all, all these other things that, um, to, to use that as a quality filter. And so anyway, so I pushed that through. And that was, that was a case where I was fairly certain, but it was certainly hard to, to try and you know, push that through the, through the team that was building it uh, and say, this is the way it should be. But eventually, everybody agreed with me. <laughs> and that's the good thing about being CEO, right? Yeah. It's, it's good to or be the CEO. Or at least they told me they agreed with me. I don't know. <laughs> Very good. Well, you know, we've got about 10 minutes left, and I want to make sure the audience gets its questions. So I'm going to pitch it to them. So I saw your hand up go first. Content discovery problem for the readers is the question. In Medium. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> um, so the, every, every platform that, that reaches critical mass, discovery becomes the number one problem. It's number one problem in Twitter. Uh, it's number one problem in YouTube and probably Tumblr. But those are just from experiencing Twitter and talking to YouTube folks. And uh, I, I want to do something different in medium than, um, than the normal mechanisms. I think what happens often is you start inventing new mechanisms to discover content. And, then, and there's only one or two mechanisms that ever get used. And um, so you have to have things like search. And, um, but uh, like Twitter, for instance, I thought lists were really, really important. And partially, we didn't implement them right, but turned out they weren't important at all. Um, also thought groups and lots of other things would be important in Twitter, and, and they weren't. Um, and uh, so it's one of those questions. I'm not going to give you the, the direct answer for how what we're going to do. Um, obviously, we haven't done it yet. And as we build it, we're going to probably change our minds. But one of the interesting things now you can do is you can kind of offload discovery uh, more than you used to. So what, the reason we uh, launched Medium as we did with no discovery whatsoever is because we decided we're just going to push that to Twitter. And uh, it's by no means perfect because there's no way to browse what's available on Medium. But people will get to the content. And that's the, the important thing. And so they are. And if someone publishes something on Medium and wants it to be discovered, they can tweet it. I actually saw someone over there raise their hand. Uh, yeah, uh, how does uh, Medium compare to Quora, and how are both companies going to make money? <laughs> both companies are definitely going to make money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, 
it's not hard to make money on the internet. I think it's way... <laughs> it's not. I don't know why that... that it's, if, if what you build is popular, it'll make money. The question is, will it be popular? There's no, there's no product even in the olden days that was significantly popular and couldn't make money and had to shut down. And, and today, it's easier than ever. Uh, so, yeah, they'll make money once, once we try, um, if we get popular. Um, not that we're necessarily going to wait to get popular and make money, but um, I think it's a, it's, it's, there's lots of ways to do that. Um, there's some similarities with Quora, but um, there's probably more differences. I mean, obviously, Quora is mostly based around Q&A, which we're not. Um, there is probably some, it, Quora also seems very focused on, I don't actually know what their mission is and haven't, don't know the Quora guys that well. I think it's a great product. I use the product. I like the product. I don't see a lot of conflict between them. Um, but Medium is probably more, um, it's just, you're less utilitarian, I would, I would say, um, because it's not, just about what's the answer to a question. It, it's like there's room for art and prose and critique and opinion. And, um, and it has much more of a publishing perspective than an application perspective. Where, so you can, things will look different and things will look like finished um, products. And um, yeah, there's probably lots of other differences. But the, that's sort of the high level. This gentleman right here. You mean internally or externally? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what they'll say externally, but um, or internally. But what I think, um, hopefully, there'll be ways to. We're not really focused on news very much. Um, we're definitely talking to people in the publishing industry, maybe more on the magazine side and. Everybody in publishing, when you come out with something new, is, is like, let's talk, let's figure out how we can play together. We don't want to be the enemy of stuff, and hopefully, we, we don't have anything that we're pitching them yet. Uh, what I think more about um, than the publications themselves is journalists and reporters and writers and authors. I think, ultimately, we, we may be able to give them alternatives. Uh, about where they publish and empower them to um, make money in in different ways. That's going to sound like an announcement, so don't don't distort that. But um, <laughs> uh, I think like that goes back to the the whole industry and being undermined. I think there there should be ways for people who who make a living or part of their living from creating things. There should be other alternatives than um, the traditional publications, which are under a lot of pressure. Okay. This gentleman right over here, yeah, and then we'll uh, get this one. I have two questions, and you can pick the one you want to answer. All right. Um, the first one is, can you tell us a little bit about, about the history of, of why this project was important to you going back many years? Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could peel back the curtain and tell us a little bit about the kinds of experiments you guys did internally that led up to enough confidence that this is one we should go and launch. Or... Tell us about what you love about the name and how you got the domain. <laughs> uh, God, 
hard to choose between those questions. I'm going to answer them both, but quickly. The domain, the, the name Medium came from Biz and I joking around and talking about um, short, you know, Twitter and long blogging, and we said, there should be medium-sized blogging. And, um, <laughs> and I immediately went up to the whiteboard and wrote down the word medium, and I was like, that's the name, medium. Um, I, I checked if medium.com was in use, and it was owned by a domain, domainer, is that what they call themselves, um, who happened to be one of these guys who just sits on domains for many, many years and negotiates very difficultly until you pay them a lot of money. Um, and the reason I liked it when I even looked up the definition of medium is one of the definitions is, is the singular of media. And it was about pulling in all kinds of different stuff. So I really like that. And it just has a nice aesthetic. Um, and uh, to the answer to the other question, we didn't really do that many experiments leading up to that gave us confidence in medium as, of the idea. We did. In fact, we, we did experiments that would undermine our confidence in the idea because when a year ago when we were just getting developers into obvious and sort of really in experimental mode, I, of course, had lots of ideas about publishing then, and we tried some stuff, and it didn't work at all, and no one was really into it. And so we did other stuff then for like nine months until um, after a hol the holidays uh, this last year, I had like, kind of cleared my mind and came in and said, I'm sick of doing this, all, all this other stuff. We're building a publishing platform. And we did. <laughs> we, there was a brainstorming session in between there. I don't want to undermine my team so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my internal thought. And then I wanted to really be sure. So we did a bunch of brainstorming and prototyping and talking. And... Um, the idea had solidified more, and, and basically through all that uh, brainstorming, everybody kind of liked that idea, which and I was happy about. You had your hand up a few times. So uh, I see a parallel between Quora and Medium in the sense that they're all interest-based. Mm -hmm. So you have questions Quora's kind of builds itself as a reverse blogging platform. Uh -huh. um, so wondering about your thoughts there. and. Uh, I'm assuming you'll integrate Medium with Twitter's advertising product, right, for enhanced distribution, and that's probably a revenue stream for you? Um, no thoughts on the Twitter advertising integration. Um, we do want to integrate with Twitter um, in other ways. I mean, we already do, but, but there'll be more integration with Twitter. I think the, the goal is to make the products very complementary. Uh, and on... I, I hadn't really heard Quora's reverse blogging. That's an interesting way to, to think about it. Um, and it is oriented around topics, so maybe there are some similarities. Cool. We had one more, one more question. Really good. My favorite days consist of one or two internal meetings and no external meetings. Uh, I very rarely say yes to, to external meetings unless they're for a specific purpose because I, I need a lot of time. Yeah, I, what I love doing and think I'm best at doing is just obsessing over product and, and working on it with the team and 
on the whiteboard and with designers and um, engineers and hashing it out. And so my days vary a lot because I do some, some days, you know, still working on recruiting and we have a few other projects under the obvious umbrella that I spend some time on. Uh, but my, if my, my perfect day is to just focus all day on, on the product and work with the team and um, that's where, that's when things work. Very good. And then well, I have lunch, and I go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go home and hang out with my two young kids, which is awesome, too. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Evan. I really appreciate you coming out for Zerb Soapbox. Uh, just to let everyone know, we have some amazing speakers coming up in the next couple of months. Follow us on zerb.com slash blog. You'll hear all about it, zerbsoapbox.com. Some big surprises in September. That's all I'm going to say. Big surprises. All right. Thank you very much, everyone.